everybody. I'm meteorologist Joe Martucci. We are kicking off the new decade with the same podcast, Something in the Air podcast. And join with me, as we usually are at the beginning of the month, is New Jersey state climatologist and fresh off of his vacation to Egypt, Dr. Dave Robinson. How are you, Dr. Robinson? I'm fine, thanks. Happy New Year. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, man, you know, we look back at the month of December here and – I would say things were going business as usual until about the 20th of the month. Um, we did end up with a pretty good dry or excuse me, I should say mild streak right about that 20th of the month all the way through the end of the year. And as a whole, at Atlantic City International Airport, we were three and a half degrees above average. Um, but just take us through the month of December temperature wise here, not only you know at the airport, but all throughout South Jersey. Yeah, I mean, the airport, airport was excessively warm, and I, I can't quite figure out quite why. Um, South Jersey as a whole came in at 1.6 degrees above average, which ranks as the 24th warmest. And, and, and you're right, we were going on an even keel for the month, uh, although it was quite wet to begin with. And, and then things really calmed down once we got into the last dozen or so days of the month, with one exception, that one rain event near the end of the month. So it really had multiple faces, if you will. Uh, a wet beginning, a relatively dry end, uh, a cold spell in the middle, um, and, and, and a mild uh, towards the end. So a, a real variety. Uh, and nothing really stuck around for long, which was an interesting thing this month. We went from warm to cold to warm to cold. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's going to really be much for the memory books. Um, there was no huge storm there, be it snow or rain, no coastal flooding. Thank goodness for all, by the way. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Especially during the holidays. You don't want to be stuck uh, waiting for a snowplow to come through on December 23rd trying to do some holiday shopping. <laughs> right. No, no bitter cold and no excessively warm, period. So kind of nondescript, but it ended up on the mild and and wet side yeah and you know you were talking about not really much rain or snow and you're right I mean, we saw a couple of uh or not much snow i should say rain was a different story but we saw a couple of uh, very minor snow events in south jersey um you know i measured in pleasantville we would call it a scattered coating on the 9th on the 11th i didn't measure four tenths of an inch but that was on grass so can we break out the snow and the rain? Because I know for the rain, it was our ninth wettest December on record at Lang Senior National Airport. So let's talk about the snow first and then talk about the rain if we can. Yeah, the snow, the, the southern part of the state averaged about a half an inch of snow for the month. Uh, that's 3.1 inches below the long term average. Uh, but it's not that unusual at all. There are a lot of years back uh, in the record. Really. Nothing to a half an inch to an inch, so uh, nothing that remarkable. Although the winter is getting off to a relatively slow, slow start, start in the snow department. Mm -hmm. uh, Pre-supplies, um, the south part of the state averaged 5.60 inches of rain in December. That's 1.81 above average. Uh, impressive, but still only ranks as the 18th. Right? That's eight out of 125 so that's that's a not that's a impressive right uh, it was not you know excessively much because uh, as we were talking about once we got 
about to the middle of the month, there was really only we went about ten days of hardly any precipitation before that event on the 29th and the third. Yeah, and I tell people all holiday season, I've been telling them, I said, quiet weather, you know, uh, warm weather, rain-free weather, snow-free weather is good for me because I don't have to worry about it during the holidays. So I was happy for that. But I think there were a couple of people, notably my mom. So, Ma, if you're listening out there, this one's for you, who was really looking forward to a white Christmas this year. Um, but, uh, you know, white Christmases are something we don't see that often here in South Jersey, correct? That is correct. Do you have, uh, is there any numbers about how uh, often we would see a white Christmas here? And could you actually explain to everybody what a white Christmas actually means technically? Because there is a technical definition for that, or at least a National Weather Service one. Yeah, you could call it technical, I suppose. It's generally an inch or more of snow on the ground Christmas morning. So it doesn't have to be snowing. Um, but there can't just be a dusting around. There has to be, well, an inch of snow isn't all that much. So that's kind of the definition of a white Christmas. Uh, you know, when you're down in Cape May in that area, it's a it's a best of one every 10-year type of event. By the time you get up here to New Brunswick, maybe two out of 10. Um, the northwest part of the state, you might squeeze out about four white Christmases every 10 years. Um, not a lot. Um, and, and interestingly enough, the results are somewhat skewed um, when you look at the long term by the 1960s, because we had about five of them in the 1960s. Those were um, the good old days. Yeah, it just, well, just the 60s. Not when you look at the 50s. Uh, <laughs> just the 60s. Those of us who grew up in the 60s are, are rightfully can say, boy, there used to be a lot more snow around Christmas. Because Not that that was you, of course. Yeah, this happened to be at that time. But I always remind people there was also one Christmas in the mid-60s where the temperature was in the mid-60s. So one's memories get clouded, if you will. Uh, you remember the excitement of a, of a Christmas Eve snowstorm uh, much more than you remember a very mild, snow-free Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I, you just mentioned it, and we're just talking about it with the white Christmases, you know. Really, December does not necessarily have to mean a snowy month for us, even though we're in meteorological winter, which are the coldest three months of the year. On average, at the airport, Lancaster National Airport, our first inch of snow doesn't happen on average until New Year's Eve. So can you explain to the listeners, like, when does really our snow season begin uh, in the southern part of the state? It varies so widely. Uh, we've even seen it up here in New Brunswick. We've had to go into early March to get our first inch of snowfall in one single event. Um, and, and some, But we've seen it happen in late October. Uh, so it can vary so widely. Now, in the southern part of the state, it would be more unusual to see it before Thanksgiving. Uh, but it can happen. But you could go well into the winter without it. That's why... The average may be in late December, but the range is a couple of months almost on either direction. So it's a tough call. You know, some winters, um, it starts on the early side. Um, Last November, it was pretty cold and there was snow around the state. I mean, by that, I mean November of of 2018. Um, Not so much this year. There wasn't snow in November. Up north in Jersey, 
there was a fair bit of snow in the first half of December this year. So they got going in earnest right on the first and second of December, um, but not so much in the southern part of the state. So, sure. yeah, sometimes you have to be real patient to see uh, winter kick in. In fact, I'm just putting together top 10 list of 2019. And interestingly enough, March of 2019, of last winter, was the snowiest month of the winter. And that was the third year in a row where March was the snowiest month of winter. That was unprecedented in New Jersey. You have to wait that long to get to, to the snow. And of course, by the time you get to March with the warmer, stronger sunlight, uh, it snows in one day and out the next. Yeah, and that actually brings me into my next point, which is the year that was, 2019. And, um, you know, that March snow, actually, I didn't know about it. And now, is that true for the southern half of the state as well? March was the snowiest, or did you only look at the state as a whole? I only looked at the state as a whole, but there's a little to that. But And it wasn't that it was particularly an excessively snowy March last year, unlike uh, March of 2018. Um, but it was... It, wasn't a snowy winter and March happened to have the most snow. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not so sure if that's the case. It may be. I, I would also argue it probably depends on where you are because we did have that New Orleans trough for that, that expressway special, as you called it, uh, back in December, where some areas saw, you know, four inches plus of snow from that one event in Atlantic County. But uh, looking back at uh, 2019. You have your top 10 list that you're putting together. We here at the press, I put out a top 10 list and I want to read you off some of what I had in the top 10 and then just kind of tell me if you think I did a good job, if you think I should have put some other things in there. Now, I will say I did not put that March uh, being snowier than the other month, but uh, some of which I had was uh, January being about average for both our temperatures and our precipitation uh, here. That was something we discussed a while ago. Uh, we also talked about the um, the year as a whole. It's going to end up as either the fifth or sixth warmest year here in South Jersey on record. Uh, we are also talking about that uh, day where it got to 100 degrees in July, July 21st. It was our first 100 degree days in uh, since 2012, we had a low temperature at Atlantic City International in the low 80s that morning. And then we also were talking about in October, October 2nd. This was my number one event where we got to 96 degrees uh, at AC International, which broke the monthly record by six. So any immediate reactions to some of those top 10? Yeah, they'll do. No, they'll no. do. <laughs> I get a barely passing. I mean, C's get degrees, right? So I'll, I'll take the C. They pretty well in many respects with, uh, uh, you know, our list. So, uh, you know, there's the warmth, there's the wetness. Uh, you know, we're still debating. I, I've been out of town, so uh, I was trying to put some, one, some together, but I haven't passed them by some folks in my office so we can, uh, we can debate where where the rankings might go um i've got the fact that it was the 10th warmest year on record in new jersey uh and by the way our numbers show it was the eighth warmest year on record in south jersey okay okay yeah and my numbers i was pulling directly from the airport so for everybody listening if, if what we're saying is slightly different that's because he's looking at really uh the southern half of the state as a whole where a lot of times i'm pulling from ac airport but generally as we're both saying it was a very warm year here in uh in not only south jersey but the garden state uh what, what else were you thinking about putting on that list 
Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, and you made a really good point there, Joe. That you know we're splitting the hairs if we're going six warm is eight warm is everybody gets the idea. It was warm. Yeah. Uh, second on our list was that New Jersey had its second most tornadoes. Yes. Uh, um, we had nine tornadoes across the state this past year. Um, that tied for second with 1987. Uh, pales in comparison to the 17 in 1989. Now, when you look at South Jersey, um, there was one in Gloucester, one in mm -hmm. Camden, one in Burlington, um, two in Burlington, excuse me, and, and one in Millville. So southern half of the state had about half yeah. <laughs> of, of, those, of those nine. And that, that's pretty notable. Now, fortunately... They were all of the weaker variety, what we call EF0s or EF1s. There were no major injuries. The damage wasn't extensive. Uh, but it's notable that there, were, there was enough convective activity, enough storm activity, that you generated uh, nine storms. And they, they, the first one was on May 28th, and the last one was on November 1st. Uh, so they spanned quite a few months. So that, that was our second. And, and, and number three was uh, moisture. Uh, statewide, it was the 17th wettest uh, year on record. Now, I can understand why that might not be as high in your list, because South Jersey only ranked as the 26th wettest. Uh, my number for South Jersey came in at 49 inches on the dot, which is 3.95 above the long-term average, um, but still 26 out of 125 years uh, is pretty impressive. So, you know, pretty wet, and uh, that continued a pattern we've seen the last couple of years. Um, another one you didn't mention that I'll throw out there uh, was wind. Uh, you know, we don't have a lot of good long-term wind records. We get them from Atlanta City Airport for 60 years and New York Airport, Philly. Um, we've got our weather network now where we have quite a few. We have dozens of anemometers out there recording the rain. And, uh, excuse me, recording the wind. Um, <laughs> we had 23 days in the year 2019 where somewhere at one of our stations in the state the winds gusted to 50 miles an hour or stronger i can't put that in historic perspective is what i was getting to with my babbling in this section um but I, my gut tells me um the numbers suggest to me uh, that this was a pretty darn windy year across the state and mind you these aren't related to the tornadoes. The tornadoes are so local. They're, the, the chance of them affecting one of our weather stations are incredibly slim. Um, so these are just more broad winds associated with squall lines and uh, you know storm systems. Yeah, and I, you know I would be remiss to say I, I forgot to mention this. The tornadoes were number two on our list, and the winds. Actually, I did talk about one event in February uh, where I believe just from a cold front that passed, we had wind gusts in the fifties. But you're right; it was a very um, it was there were multiple events with strong winds here, um, and like you said, it doesn't have to do with the tornadoes. So I uh, I appreciate the insight on that, and then. Um, you know, looking forward into the 2020s. I mean, we have a new decade coming up. 
Um, are there any big things in the climate world that you're looking forward to? Everyone's doing these, you know, hottest trends in the 2020s. Are there any uh, hot trends you're expecting, whether it's with actual temperatures or climate data or maybe just some new research that's going to come out? Yeah, well, it's interesting, ironic that you said hot terms because uh, I think we're going to gain uh, a continued better understanding of long-term climate changes go through this decade and continue monitoring things um, and, and continuing be developing better models um, and, and running them on faster computers. Uh, I think there we're going to see improved outlooks um, to specify more, more closely where we see temperatures and other climate variables going as we make our way through uh, the coming decades. Um, but also putting it to a more recent um, period. I think we're going to see some improvement in long-term seasonal forecasts. Um, we're starting to see weather merge with climate as we go from one and two-week forecasts to monthly and seasonal forecasts. And I see that improving as, as well. We're not going to be able to tell you what the, that it's going to rain 89 days from now. Um, but I think we will have a better idea if we see drought um, encroaching on the area and we see atmospheric patterns beginning to develop that are stormy or heat related or, or drought related. Those are the kind of changes and, and, and sometimes they're subtle and incremental. Just like in your weather forecasting business, people don't understand that uh, about every decade, there's a one day in weather forecasting. So a one to three day forecast um, 10 years ago, uh, is, is, is two to four day forecast is just as good today mm. and so on. Um, so, you know, no startling snap your fingers breakthrough, but I, I really think we're gonna be able to get better idea on where we're going weather and climate rise in the short and long term. And, and that's really important. Uh, it's really important for people's understanding and appreciation of what is going on. And, and, and it's going to help drive the discussion on how we deal with this in terms of mitigative activities and adaptive approaches to, to climate change. So uh, again, I don't expect, you know, earth-shaking overnight type of revelations, but I think we'll see the continued incremental improvement on all fronts. Gotcha. And one thing too, if we could dive a little deeper in is that uh, once we get into next year, we're going to have new climate normals. We would have our period of record change from what is now 1981 to 2010 for climate purposes to 1991 to 2020 climate purposes, correct? Yeah, that's going to take quite a bit of explanation because <laughs> it's not going to look like we're that much above normal temperature-wise because the last decade was a lot warmer than the decade of the 80s. So we're moving the 80s from the average and we're adding the, the teens to the average. So a day that might have been two degrees above normal um, using the old average period might come in at 1.6 degrees above normal. I mean, these aren't going to be huge, huge changes. Um, 
and, and, and you know, in this day of computers, that's just a general way of explaining things. Things, but believe me, the commodities markets, the energy markets, uh, they pay attention to all kinds of trends and temperatures. They're not fixated on this 30-year mean. But still, you're absolutely right. At the end of this year, there will be um, work done at the National Center for Environmental Information that will, as quickly as possible, come up with these new 30-year means. Matter of fact, next week at the American Meteorological Society meeting in Boston, I'm sitting on a panel that's going to be discussing the new 30-year means. Great. So you can give us all the newest info and maybe in February. Tell us what you guys are thinking. I'd be able to give you a little of the insights. A little inside scoop for the uh, the new climate averages, but you know when, when you guys are watching, you know, if you're watching my videos or wherever you're watching, and you see an almanac and the average high is 45 and the average low is let's just say 25, that's an average again from 1981 to 2010. Probably what's going to happen, if not most, it's not definitely, is when we get into next year, we're looking at a 91 to 2010 climate average, and then, uh, or excuse me, to uh, 2020 climate average, excuse me. And then that is going to show higher average temperature. So your 45 average might be a 46 average, your 25 average might be a 26 average. So it's incremental, uh, but it's just something to pay attention to. And I'm sure I'll be covering it as we go forward throughout the year. Um, well, thanks for the time. This was good. Uh, we got to do the year, we got to do the month. Um, anything else you're looking forward to, uh, personal or other? Otherwise, in the 2020s? I'm absolutely looking forward to going up with seeing a number of colleagues and talking science at the American Meteorological Society meeting next week. Um, but I do have some other meetings uh, on the horizon. A meeting in Colorado in May where we talk about our COCORAD volunteer observing program. Yes. Um, the state climatologists will be getting together in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, in um, June. Um, so there are a number of really interesting meetings coming up uh, for nerds, climate, weather and climate nerds like me. And yeah, I'm going to sneak in a, an excursion this summer to explore the volcanoes of Italy with a, a geoscience group. Wow. So Egypt during the summer, or excuse me, Egypt during the winter, Italy during the summer, a couple of other U.S. trips in between. I mean, life's pretty good being you, isn't it? Uh, 24 hours a day. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you next week because I will be at the American Meteorological Society conference. Maybe we can get a picture for everybody. But uh, we will chat definitely next weekend. But for everybody else here, uh, just let them know where they can find the latest um, current temperatures or if they're looking for climate information in the state of New Jersey. Well, thanks. Uh, our, our weather network, our Rutgers, New Jersey weather network can be found at NewJerseyWeather.org. And for the longer term climate side of things, or even the link with our weather site, it's NJClimate.org. And it's all open. Every five minutes we update our temperatures and uh, we really, really invite people to take advantage of it. You can also link through the NJClimate uh, .org site to COCORA's information uh, from our many volunteer observers. And if you're interested in becoming an observer and kicking 2020 off on a high note, uh, there's information on that site and how you might sign up to become a volunteer. You can always use more volunteers in the South. 
Always. We definitely can. And I recommend it all the time. If you like the weather even a little bit, it only costs couple dollars i think about thirty dollars to sign up then you're done uh with that and you just record what you see very easy you walk outside you see what you have you put it on your phone or you can type it in the computer and you're done we've uh, signed up actually how many people we signed up here in south jersey we wrote an article about it probably about two to three dozen maybe since we've started it in november of 2018 with the article yeah, a couple dozen let me add that that thirty dollars you mentioned isn't a subscription fee or anything it's the cost of a precipitation game yes. so it's, it's a weather instrument that's yours uh, so there there's no need to to pay any other type of membership dues for this it's just the cost of your gauge and assuming you've got a, a smartphone or a computer uh you you can get instructions tutorials on that and you're off to the races, uh, observing as often as you have the uh, ability to do so. Um, so it's a great, I call it a cheap hobby. Um, and, and it really is a contribution to the community because these data are important and they are used for a number of different uh, applications. Maybe we can get into that at some point when we have a slow month of weather coming up. Yes, yes. Well, I'll tell you what, as of uh, January 6th, we have been pretty slow, but things might be changing by the time uh, we meet again. We have some snow uh, that will be, you all, well, by the time you hear this, it'll already be happening, but a little bit of snow, and then we'll be watching out for a round of severe weather, or maybe at least some heavy rain by the time we get towards the weekend, the 11th and 12th. So, thank you everybody for listening here to Something in the Air podcast. We will be back in, in your feed next Wednesday. Wednesday.